the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. John 4, 23 and 24 What does it mean when God is saying, in spirit and in truth? What is Christ trying to inform us in these words? The unique thing about what is the nature of God and how do we understand who He is can be a difficult question for many to break down. And I don't presume to know all the answers. My only prayer and hope in this episode is that you too will come to understand and appreciate the way in which God tries to reach us. In the second half of this verse, we see that God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. This verse reminds us that God is not bound by limitations of physical nature. He is a spiritual being. He is one that is outside what we possess in our fleshly bodies. He is present everywhere and capable to move and work in ways which we cannot even understand or comprehend. This is what it means to have faith. Words that are claims outside of things we can comprehend. For faith is that which is unseen. To illustrate this point, let's turn to a short story in the Bible. In Daniel, we read about a young man who is captured and taken to Babylon. While in Babylon, Daniel goes through several trials. The first being one where his faith is tested on simply what he will eat. The second, where his life is put on the line for a dream that the king demands interpreted. But his third trial seems to be putting him in the most jeopardy. You see, because of Daniel's position and the influence he had in that kingdom, this made some of the other officials and royals very uncomfortable. And out of jealousy for Daniel's position and power, these other officials come to the king and trick him into signing a law that declares no one can worship anyone, any god or any other person except the king for 30 days. And anybody who is caught in this process of worshiping any other being or person is to be cast into the lion's den. Now, the king does not consult Daniel in assuming in his own arrogance that he is the only one who deserves attention and worship, he does not think of what Daniel might say in response to this. No, he instead signs the decree, and not until it's too late does he realize that in doing so, he has signed the death decree for Daniel. Upon hearing this, Daniel is not disheartened or discouraged. No, he in fact goes to his room as it was his custom three times a day. He kneels at his window and before the city prays to God and toward Jerusalem 
where the temple of God resided. Well, the officials sitting and waiting to see if he would pray, watch, and have now confirmed certainty he is not indeed praying to the king, but he is praying to his God. They then go to the king, and despite the king's efforts upon realizing what he has done in condemning his trusted advisor and friend, can't not do anything by the laws of the land to save Daniel. So Daniel is handed out his punishment. He is arrested and seized and thrown into the den of the lions. Yet, despite being surrounded by these fierce creatures that would seek to devour him, Daniel does not lose heart. He does not cry out to God and say, Why have you abandoned me? Look at this situation I have been put into for serving you. No, instead, Daniel knows the nature of God. He sees how God works. He sees how God is moving despite what the physical circumstances might say. And in doing so, he is faithful to God. Instead, Daniel begins to pray, worshiping God in truth and in spirit. The truth of the matter was, God was still good despite Daniel's circumstance. And in spirit, Daniel had given himself over to the care of God despite the physical danger he was in. When the king the next morning comes and demands the tomb is opened up or the den is opened up, he cries out into the pit, Daniel, Daniel, has your God saved you from the mouth of the lions? He has no idea what is going on. This king who, but the day before, was willing to sign a decree that killed anyone for worshipping anyone else other than him is now seeking to know the truth about the God which Daniel served. Was your God as true as you declared? To this, Daniel responds, O king, live forever. The God whom I have served sent an angel to close the mouth of the lions. A story ends where Daniel leaves the pit of the lions unscathed. And in retaliation for being tricked, the king has those deceitful counselors and their families tossed in. We are told their bones were all broken before they even reached the bottom of the pit. That is how fierce the lions were. The wonderful thing about this story is the illustration we see through which God's character is revealed. 
those who see the truth about who God is, that despite their physical circumstances, God is unchanged. Despite the danger and evil and corruption in the world, God has not ceased to work in their lives. This is what Christ is referring to when he says there is coming a time where my people will worship me despite how bad the world seems to be. They will worship me in truth. They believe what I say and they will worship me in spirit. They will have committed the deepest parts of them to my care. Fully surrendered to God. There are two verses that help inspire this message, I think, a bit further. The first is Psalms 90, verse 2, which tells us, Before the mountains were brought forth, forever you had formed the earth and the world. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. This verse gives us a little bit of insight, the truth of God's eternal nature, always having been in existence before the oldest monuments of the world were created, God was there. And he was not created as the mountains, but the creator of them. The second verse we see from Moses' experience with God. Exodus 3 verse 14 tells us, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. You see, the I am that is being referred to here is God declaring the truth of the matter that he is the only self-existent one. When you say humans are at the top of the food chain, in this world, we might assume that from the lowest creature that lives in the earth to the birds that fly in the sky, who has dominance over all of them, and you would say humanity, for we have conquered all these things. But we did not come into existence of our own. No, you see, God is on another level. God not only claims existence and ownership of all that is, but he also claims to be the source of all that is. While we might claim rulership of all we see, be it the earth or the sky or the oceans, God claims to be the source of all of existence. There is nothing outside of him. Without God, nothing exists. This verse reveals to us that God is not only self-existent, 
but self-sufficient. He is not dependent on anyone or anything, for his existence is his ability. As we reflect on these stories, and we think about these verses, I hope that this will help to reveal a little bit about the truth of God's nature. Who is God, and how are we to worship Him? Ultimately, I believe that second question is up to us to decide. But I think the first is answered by Himself. I am that I am. I am the self-existent one, He declares. And all who seek to worship me, I will by no means turn away. If your desire is to know the being above all existence itself, then I invite you, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, cry out to him, call on him. Let that be your core desire and acknowledge that He is. And then you too will enter into the promise of Christ as we worship Him in the truth of what He is and in spirit for who He is. We will be bound to Him by an unbreakable chain that is the link of Christ Jesus. Our Father, thank you for the passion of the words you have explained to us this day. Thank you for the message and meaning, the proof of your existence in Scripture. Lord, as we seek to know you more and more, we ask that you would reveal these things to us in a nature that we cannot deny, in a way in which we are internally convicted of the truth of your existence. Father, we give ourselves to you this day, and we proclaim your goodness and mercy. You are good in spite of how evil this world may seem. For this, Father, we thank you. And despite what others may seek to do to harm us, we know that our lives are not in our hands, but yours. And so though it may seem at times where we are surrounded by lions who will devour and rip us apart. Father, may in those moments we learn to sing praise and glory to who you are and the fact that we are all under your rule and all only exist because you do. This is our prayer and our desire and we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. listening to this week's episode here at Eden's Conflict. We are on a mission to transform the way you think about scripture. If you've been blessed by this podcast and would like to learn more about our other shareable resources, visit us on the web at www.edensconflict.com. Are you looking for a fun after church activity? 
Why not invite Eden's Conflict to demo our latest game with your church group? For availability and questions, you can message us directly through our Instagram page or send an email to info at edensconflict.com.